0: Welcome to the Lead, Defend podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts.
1: Hey, this is ryan and brock we're here with brandon moore uh, from conway bcm yeah, brandon you've been there since summer 2021 yeah, about a year and a half yeah all right year and a half and before that you had an illustrious career oh, uh not only of ministry but uh i don't even know what illustrious means honestly yeah, i don't either it's a big brock, word what does it, illustrious sounded, it sounded really great though so I'll yeah take it. let's oh. just let's just leave it on the table kind of flows yeah that's fair that's fair um and so brandon you had served doing some collegiate ministry before um young adult stuff uh, men's ministry Um, But even before that, you had a professional career as a pitcher. Yeah, man. I hit a midlife crisis
2: at 24. Lost my job. I was a professional baseball player. Uh, Really? Yeah. Played baseball at at Arkansas. Played baseball in the Milwaukee Brewers organization for like three years-ish. Two and a half years. Wow.
1: Yeah. And so it should be noted, we're actually recording this live at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And so, Brandon, how do you go from pitching in front of professional crowds to being right here at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention?
2: I'll say I, I was part of the report that BCM just did, and I was more nervous for that report than I ever was for a game. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I don't, you know, it's, I don't know if that's what we want to hear Speaking right on now, a but,
0: stage is very different than anything else that you do publicly, like sports, yeah. play, whatever it might be. Like, It's just a different animal.
2: Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. I, I, so I almost blacked out. I was so nervous, but I'm good now. Wow. So. Well, dude, you did great. But how, um, to answer the question, how did I go from that sure, to this? Sure. Yeah. Um, and the Lord saved me in college. Um, I, I gave my life to Christ as a freshman and had a guy disciple me. And he taught me what it meant to share the gospel, to make disciples. So that kind of became who I was. Like on the baseball team, I was that guy. I uh, had that vision in pro ball. And then the Lord... Like, whoa,
1: like, whoa, whoa. Were you the guy that would wear like Jesus shirts and stuff? No, I would, be,
2: I would be the guy asking all the guys wearing the Jesus crosses, like, hey, your life doesn't match up. Like, oh, I got you, you. Okay. I was that okay. guy. So,
0: hey, what, what, was your, what was your walk-up song?
2: Uh, my last year was "Tell the World" by Lecrae. Dude, I he love it. It's like relentless. I was gonna shout the gospel. That that, that dates That's you. Awesome.
0: So,
1: what what years were you at the University of Arkansas playing baseball? Yeah,
2: 2011, 12, and 13. Okay, those were there. some good years. They were they were some good years. We went to Omaha. It was good. In 2012. But yeah, no. So I, I got hurt in 2015 ish, um, and uh, and then you know out of that I had to just completely you know stop playing. Like I had to make a lot of life choices. I was making four hundred dollars a month living in Arizona, my wife was in Arkansas, and there was no prospect of even seeing each other, and so we had to, wow. I had to make a decision, like, it was good to retire. Uh, it was really difficult to retire, but out of that the Lord called me to ministry and, and then stepped into some different roles.
1: Sure, so you were a collegiate athlete, University of Arkansas playing baseball, uh, and then you went into the minor leagues and played professional baseball for a couple of years, yep. uh, and then ultimately walked away from that, Yep. but Brandon, you had to have grown as a leader whether it was in high school ball, college ball, uh, professional baseball, what, what are some of the leadership lessons that developed in you quickly yeah. as you were playing ball?
2: Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm learning, I'm reflecting on a lot now. It took a long time for me to process, like, okay, I'm done playing baseball. What does that mean for my life? I had such an idol of baseball. But what thing that i learned, and really stuck out to me, I think is, has influenced how I do work now. Is just the responsibility to do your job well. Wow. Um, baseball is... It's, it's a team sport, obviously, but it's very individualistic. So if I don't do my job as a pitcher, uh, nothing else is gonna go well, right? And if the second baseman doesn't do his job, nothing else is gonna go well. Like, so, mm. But it's, it's very individual, but uh, also team-based. And so just the responsibility to do your job well, like to take care of your own stuff um, mm. and do it to the best of your, your possible ability And to get better at doing that, so I think that's really carried over into um, into ministry and just different things of just like just knowing like okay, here's a task that I've been given. I just need to do that as well as I as I possibly can. For sure, that was one. There's a lot of things, but
0: so and obviously in baseball, your position's gonna probably reflect your strengths as an athlete, as as an individual, what your specific skill set is. Talk about that for a minute. When was that you realized you had the skill set or you know the calling to go into ministry? And even within ministry, you can have different people, different positions, different skill sets. Uh, talk about that for a minute. How, how did you be first begin to see that, that this is a path that God had for you? Yeah, it, it took a little while,
2: honestly. Um, I, I'm not a um, natural-born leader, so to speak. I don't have, hmm. like, a leadership personality, if there even is one of those. Like, right. I, I'm just not that type of guy. What are um, you,
0: on the Enneagram? We've talked about this before, but I I'm I'd an I'd
2: Enneagram. Forgot. I actually just retook it. What's oh. the Enneagram? Yeah.
0: I'm just kidding. I know what it is. I have no <laughs> idea what I am. <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm an Enneagram five. Uh, okay, for actually. those of you who care about that, that's yeah, what brand I'm an Enneagram is. Enneagram five used to be a uh, score high on the nine, uh, but I'm more of an Enneagram five, I think. Hmm. And so um, yeah, so but so I don't have that you know overly outgoing, draw people in personality. But I think one of the things that um, that, that the Lord really showed me as He was calling me in ministry was that even just like as a pitcher, you you kind of control everything. So like the hmm. game doesn't happen unless you start it. Like if I don't throw the ball, like nothing can happen. And so there's an element of like if things are moving too fast or too slow, like as a pitcher, you speed things up or you slow them down. And so in some ways that's related to ministry where like y'all know in ministry like things can get real chaotic real fast. And so the ability to step back and say like hey, let's slow down for a second was take some time to pray, which, you know, I did that one time in a game. I was like, things are going real chaotic right now. So I decided I was, like, I'm just going to pray. And then literally the next guy I hit him in the ribs. So it, <laughs> it, it didn't go like I thought it would go. Um,
1: Vengeance is mine, said it, the Lord. Yeah, so.
2: the Lord took yeah took care of that. So but in ministry, praying goes much better than what it did that day when I was pitching. But, um, yeah, that's fantastic. And so just things like that. Like, I think the Lord has shown me that over time Uh, because when I first got into ministry, I was like there's no way I could do this all I know how to do is throw a baseball but then the Lord has just revealed over time kind of some different skill sets
0: yeah for sure
1: so tell me about disappointment because I assume being a professional athlete you had to learn how to deal with disappointment things not going your way whether it's in baseball or life Uh, so how did you grow in that through sports and how has that affected you now?
2: Yeah, I think um, for a, a long time, um, I just tried to pretend that disappointments weren't a thing. Uh-huh. Like, uh, in some ways, with baseball, it's such a failure sport that you have to find ways to, like, cope with that. And I think one of the ways that I tried to do that was to pretend that the disappointments didn't happen or that that i wasn't affected by them and i think that's a really poor way to do it honestly (laughs) like uh and so you know learning and i I learned this later in my career and then certainly into ministry just being honest about like yeah that thing happened and i'm really disappointed that it happened wow but i know that god is sovereign it's gonna be okay like that that was that's a real um that's a real trait i think especially as a leader like you gotta you, you can't just pretend that bad things don't happen like it's gonna happen and so Uh, I think just being honest, like, yeah, this was disappointing, wasn't good. It's not what I would prefer to happen, um, but it's going to be good. I know that the Lord can work out in this because he's faithful. The Lord is faithful, and he keeps his promises, even when it doesn't look like it's Mm -hmm. going that way.
0: Yeah, a minute ago you were talking about, uh, the fact that baseball kind of became an idol in your life and I think that's something that that hobbies and things especially if if there are dreams and, and you you get really close to pursuing and chasing that dream things can turn into to idols really quick um, talk about that for a minute but also from the perspective of how did the Lord bring some good things out of this uh, and, and how can people kinda of be careful not to let those things that they're chasing after that God's gifted them in become idols in their lives
2: yeah, that's, so uh, I, I realized uh, after I retired, and it was really difficult for me to retire, and I think the reason I realized, or what the Lord showed me in that, was I had spent uh, 15 years of my life uh, going to baseball on Sunday mornings. Wow. And yeah. you know, we have these rhythms in society, and our rhythm is that Sunday morning is when you go to worship. And so for me, instead of going to church a lot of times, I would go to baseball. Yeah. And so my rhythm was to go and worship baseball. And, and so when you worship a thing for 15 years, it's re- it's, that's, that becomes an idol very, very quickly. Um, and so I, you know, I think anything you revolve your life around, mm-hmm. um, is going to become an idol. Like, it's just inevitable that that's going to happen. And so I, wow. you know, for all throughout my college years, pro ball and certainly high school and, and obviously younger, you know, I was revolving my life around, baseball the decisions I would make people I'd hang out with which wasn't all bad of course Um, the all that kind of stuff around baseball and so then it just became who I was because that's just what I did and it it became so much a part of me that when it got separated when I when I retired I didn't know who I was and that's a pretty good good sign of like if it's an aisle or not is if you don't know who you are apart from that thing it's tough,
0: you and know, I think that that's not just baseball or no. a sport. It it can be a career. It can it can be a, you know a relationship in your life. There's so yeah. many things that that could be. Yeah, anything,
2: anything that that you think like I won't be okay if this is not here. Mm. Uh, that's that's probably an idol. That's a good litmus test. And if if that if, if Jesus like. Psalm twenty-three, one says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I have all that I need." Hmm. You know, we want that to be true, but if it's not really true to the core of who we are, then you know, there's probably some idle
1: stuff there. Now, you mentioned as far as leadership, uh, you learn, okay, I got to show up, like, but also uh, how to deal with disappointment. Talking to young leaders, maybe even young athletes right now, what are some other leadership lessons that you would say? Man, this is something that's just been crucial in my life.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know. Really, taking response like taking responsibility is huge. You know, kind of with doing your job. Think about ministry, non-ministry. This is kind of goes any profession that you're in. If you are, are following Christ, your greatest responsibility is to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, it, you can be great at whatever skill you have. You can be great at whatever profession, but if you're not pursuing Christ and not trying to conform your life into likeness. Um, then you're missing it. Like you, you're going to get to the end, and, and it, you're going to. I think Lecrae has one of his songs that says, "I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize I made it to the top of a two foot ladder." Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. That's that is what you. If you're not revolving your life around Christ, becoming more Christ-like, um, and that's true in sports, that's true in business, that's true in ministry. It doesn't matter where you're at. That would be that would be true. I that's think our good. greatest responsibility, Honestly, I think our greatest responsibility is to to follow Jesus and walk
1: like Him. You mentioned how you came to faith in college and. Then you realize, okay, God's placed me on this baseball team, and you started taking initiative, sharing the gospel with folks. Uh, and man, how did that go? Like, what, what were the awkwardnesses of that? What were the? H- how did you learn to follow Jesus through that situation? Yeah, it was it was uh, it was
2: pretty awkward at times, especially. Uh, You know, I'm now, like, God has grown me so much and I can talk to people. But back then in college, man, like, I didn't talk to people. Like, I was so quiet, so um, reserved that uh, it took a lot for me to actually, it took a lot of praying, a lot of stepping out in faith, and, and literally just kind of saying, okay, God, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to try it. And I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm going to try it. Yeah. And uh, there were seasons of, of real fruitfulness. Uh, several like people would come to faith uh, on the baseball, like sharing wow. the gospel all kinds of people that come to faith. But there's also times of like significant pushback. Yeah. Um, I remember one time specifically, it just kind of flashing back in my mind, I was sharing the gospel with a guy in the locker room, who um, seem to really be not caring at all. Sure. And then I looked up, and two lockers down is a dude who's paying. He's locked in on what I'm saying. Wow. And so just that you know, just being faithful to to speak it, especially in a locker room setting. But I think it's true in any setting where you're around people a lot. You go to work. You go, wherever you go. If you're around the same people a lot, if it's just like if you just talk about Jesus and talk about in a non uh, weird way. And I can explain what I mean by non weird. Like it, like when I say weird. Like, don't be like the Jesus Juker kind of person. But like, if you're just like talking like, man, this is what God's teaching me, I'm praying, how can I pray for you? Um, you become this person who like when people go through stuff, they will come to you and, and want to talk about that. And that's what I found, the position I found myself in on the baseball
1: team. Let's talk about those locker room moments because uh, a lot of folks listening to this are in high school locker rooms, uh, have aspirations to be in college locker rooms, yeah. um, playing the sport that they, they've they dedicated so much time to. Um, how would you remain pure in those environments and how would you be a witness but also kind of say man these are boundaries that I just don't cross in certain ways yeah I think um
2: but one pray a lot like be be really prayerful I so one of the things that we did uh, me and my roommate did uh, prior to one of the, the fall semesters is we literally went up to a locker room late at night and prayer walked in the locker room um, yeah. now obviously we had access to that if you don't have access to your locker room then you you can't do that at night, but literally we just go pray
1: over
0: every, every place. And if you don't
1: play sports, don't, that's weird. Don't you should be. not, <laughs> yeah. if you don't play
0: sports, you should not go. Tra- for the Translate this into your context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's your offices. Maybe it's the band room. Yeah. If you break into a locker room, you might Don't a break response. into random locker room. <laughs> yes. um, but
2: in some, in some ways, you know, if you're, you're reading the scriptures, you're in prayer, you're fighting to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, the Lord is going to direct you in that and show you like you're going to start to feel the conviction on where those boundaries are. Like sure. you're going to get into a conversation and you're going to hear some things and you yes. may even say some things and the spirit yes. is just going to convict you. super wow. because That's what the spirit does. And so you're going to be like, oh, that is something that I should not engage in. And uh, it is as awkward as it is, man. There were so many times where I would engage in conversation, and I would go back to those people and say, "Hey, listen, man, I, I should not have engaged in that in that way. I shouldn't have done that. Will you forgive me for, for that?" And they would look at me like you're so weird, and i would be like, "I know, but I'm trying to be holy." So I don't <laughs> know what to tell so you. That's so
0: cool because sometimes mm-hmm. we think you know the only time we share the gospel is is whenever, you know, we're, we're having that moment where where we engage, we connect, we're, we're just sharing about Jesus. Even the ability to go up to apologize and ask somebody for forgiveness wow. yeah. is a great opportunity to be able to share the gospel with them, because how many people do that, especially in a, in a sports context?
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's in in, in any context. We, we're, we're not familiar. Like, there's so much pride. You know, as y'all know, there's pride everywhere. So humility is not a thing that's super common. And so... Just having the humility to say, hey, I messed up, will you forgive me? Um, and just showing people a different way of doing things, especially in a sports context, it's like all we do yeah. is, is the sport. And so showing people that there's a different way to live life than to be, because if you show, honestly, humility in sports is oftentimes with this weakness and you, that you, like you yeah. can't compete. Like if you're humble, you can't compete. Yeah. And that's just simply not true. And so showing people that you can do both, you can compete and be a humble person. Um, is uh, for a lot of guys it's like new it's just brand new to them so they start asking questions about the faith and you get to share some stuff with them cool
1: uh, Brandon you you followed me in Conway so you're fixing all the mistakes that I left it was Conway.
2: the dopest ministry ever to walk into <laughs> honestly <laughs> I
1: appreciate it. I've never heard it described as dopest, dopest- but I like it ministry. um But your your gifts are drastically different than mine, and and that's in good ways, actually. Like, God has probably made you more discerning than I ever am. Uh, You you have the ability to kind of see needs and speak into them in ways that I I think are just incredible. And so how have you learned, whether it's through baseball or just through ministry, to use the way God gifted you uniquely to lead?
2: Yeah, well, I, I'll start this answer by saying I appreciate you saying all those kind of things. You have unique abilities at a 40,000-foot view to see things that I can't even... I even They're not even on my radar. So I'll answer your question, but I just wanted to throw that back at you sure. as well. Uh, we are. We're really unique. Uh, or Both of us are really different. And, and early on, I was like, how can two people be so different and do the same Oh, It's true, yeah. It's incredible, but God is just so faithful and, and good on that. But, um, no, I think recognizing, like that God has wired you a certain way for a certain reason. Yeah. like And just leaning into that, like, you know, the the season of ministry at Conway BCM is in now is mm-hmm. not the same as it was when you That's were right. here, which is good. It's, it's, it's yep. not a, And it's the same way with you in Arkansas and just all over the place. And so uh, I think just leaning into, like, okay, God has made me someone who um, listens well, who takes time with people who need um, help, you know, for lack of better terms, and just leaning into that and say, okay, I... I'm good with that. I'm going to be who God has made me to be while also seeing the need of like, man, I got to have some people who have fun around me. Because I, I, I took another personality test. It's not the Enneagram. But I, I scored, when I'm in work mode, I'm 7% fun.
1: Like,
2: <laughs> 7% fun. Yeah, it's like fun is nonexistent for me. It's not a thing. Yeah. And so I've got to have people around me who are like, fun. I, and whenever we had a fun thing, I'm like, hey, will you go on stage and talk about how fun this is? Because I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. You need a hype man. Got to have a hype. I probably need two or three of them, honestly, to compensate. But uh, just that, you know, leaning into, like, okay, here's who God made me to be. um, Fighting to not be insecure about that because it's easy to be, like, you know, especially in college ministry or youth ministry, like, it's like if, you, if you're not having fun, people are not going to show up. It's what it feels like. And so, uh, and so there's insecurities that come with that. And so just being honest with the Lord, like, hey, here's what I'm insecure about. Will you help me in that? Will you help me grow in that? I think I'm more fun now than when I actually took the test. Not much, but I think I am a little bit.
0: Um, You're learning to grow.
2: Learning, to, I'm growing in that. Um, but just being honest about those those um, deficiencies, uh, if you will, because um, we're not all perfect or whatever. And so being honest about that and leaning into how God had created you to be. And then... You know, putting people around you. Who can Absolutely. Because like he's that.
0: gifted other people to partner with you to, to compensate in your weaknesses and, and where you're strong, you can help them. Yep. You know, I also think with, with athletics, there's a lot of self-discipline that's involved. Yep. Yep. And one of the things we often hear, and the, the especially in ministry context, but really it can be anywhere, but in ministry in particular, a lot of times we're governing our own time. Yep. So ministry is a great place for workaholics to get their fix and it's a great place for lazy people to hide so how has how has self-discipline in in the the world of baseball athletics kind of made itself uh, into your daily routines your your work pace as a as a as a minister
2: yeah no that's a great question Um, Hmm. You know, when I was in pro in pro ball, um, when I was, I said earlier, I was making four hundred dollars a month. I was showing up to the ballpark in Arizona. I was riding a bus at five a.m. to mm-hmm. the ballpark. I'd get there at five fifteen, uh, and I would uh, lay in the training room on a foam roll. If you if you play sports, you probably know what a foam roll is. Like I would lay there at five thirty in the morning, ask myself the question every single day. Why am I here? Like I was so miserable. Like I was not making money. My wife wasn't there. Wow. Five thirty in the morning. I was like, Why am I here? And the answer always came back to, I'm here so I can play professional baseball, so I can be a big leaguer. And and so the self-discipline, you know, you don't just conjure up self-discipline. You have self-discipline because you have a vision of where you're trying to go. And so I think how that's correlated, I struggled with it for a long time because my only vision was on being a professional baseball player. Um, but even recently, the Lord has just reminded me, like, hey, there's, there's things here in the kingdom that like I've set before you and that you can walk into. And so having a vision of like who God is creating you to be, who the where, where the ministry he's called you to lead is going, um, helps with self-discipline. When you hmm. see that, it's like, okay, that's what I'm working towards. But if you don't have a vision for anything uh, or anywhere you're going in life, right. you're just gonna sit there and like waste time on social media, like, yeah. which I found myself doing a lot. And so I had to really get with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, wow. I know that you've given me the ability to be, self- be self-disciplined, what what does that look like here in this context and i think it is there's just a a bigger vision that god has for you know god has more for us than we are even aware of at all times and so, just asking the Lord, like, will you help me see a little bit of that, so I can know where I'm going, know where you're that's trying to take me, um, so that I can actually walk in
0: that. Yeah, you know? for
1: sure. And that's so significant. Just vision being tied to discipline yep. in our lives. Uh, Brandon, there's some big things happening for you. Uh, whenever this airs, um, you're expecting twins in Whoa. November. Didn't yeah. That? And so Brandon yeah, twins, doesn't have kids yet. Nope. Twins coming. Two girls. We're recording this late October, November. These these Who twins. Knows? Yep, they'll we're, be we're here hopeful. They, yep. So
2: we're not in the we're not in the timeline line of like, hey, they could come at any moment or else I probably honestly wouldn't be here.
1: To but <laughs> but you're, wait, wait, you're an avid fan of the Lead Defend podcast.
2: I'm an avid yeah, fan of the podcast. Yeah. And so you would, would have been have here, for here for this. this. I would have been here for the podcast. For this. You would have been yeah, here. Yeah, been absolutely.
1: Here and so, so so, tell us just about the things you're excited about nervous about, about fatherhood.
2: Dude, I, I'm excited to be a dad. I'm excited to... Um, uh, just raise two humans, honestly, and help them to know that they're loved. There's a lot of humans out here that don't know they're loved, you know. Yeah. And I want to, I want, I want to just raise two humans that know they're loved, they're cared for, um, and and show them what a godly. Uh, husband and dad and just person in general would look like I, my wife feels the same on that I'm incredibly you know we put the both both car seats in like they're both locked up, locked in there now <laughs> wow and so now I'm driving around Jackie's car and look in the rear view mirror and see two s- car seats back there and it's hit me every every single time I've driven the car like oh yeah. my gosh there's gonna be two humans in three less than three weeks so come pro, tip,
0: pro tip. not only do you want the car seats Get you those headrest mirrors, dude.
2: We got some. You, they are a game changers. I put it
0: on crooked, though. I'm about to straighten it up. Okay, Brock.
1: The only the only parent right here, current parent in, in the in the conversation. So yeah, man. it's good. Hey, Brandon, close this with like a big leadership lesson that the, the audience like they got to hear this. Um, the best leader to ever walk the earth was Jesus
2: Christ, and so if you want to lead well, you got to get to know him. You mm. can't just conjure up leadership on your wow. own. You got to know Jesus. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. The, the best leader in any given room is going to be the person who's most connected to God. Because wow. God is aware of everything happening in the room. Wow. So we need to be connected to him, try to hear his voice through the spirit. Um, and, and if we listen to the spirit, know, know the character and person of Christ and follow after him through the power of the spirit, um, then, then we too will grow as leaders. You know, we try to grow le- in leadership separate than that then um, we'll, we'll fall into a human standard of leadership, which is is really no leadership at all. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's significant. Speaking of leadership, uh, if you want to grow in your leadership abilities, you need to come to Lead Defend on yeah, March 4th, 2023. It's going to be big. There's Lead Defend Foundations for middle school students, and then Lead Defend is for high school students right here in Little Rock. You can go to leaddefend.org for more information on that. Brandon, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you, man. This Until next blessing. time. I appreciate you. This has been Lead Defend.
0: That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.